This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. I am delighted today to introduce uh, what I consider to be a very special guest because he has the mindset that I do, and um, his name is Bert Martinez, and he is a best-selling author, media personality, and speaker, um, and as of the date that we're recording this podcast, uh, his new book, Dominating Your Mind, is about ready to be launched, so please go to dominatingyourmind.com and grab his book. Um, he's the host of Money for Lunch which is a um, radio show that CBS used to own, and he bought it, and now he has been um, the host for uh, that show for the past five years. You can find that on moneyforlunch.com or in iTunes or in iHeartRadio. And um, he has interviewed some of the biggest names in business, which I'm sure he's going to tell us who they are, health, politics, and Hollywood. He's worked with Google, CBS, CNN, and thousands of small businesses throughout the world in his work to consult them and help them uh, grow their businesses and have um, a great mindset at the same time. So there's like two different sides to Bert Martinez, and he's going to talk to us about that. So welcome, Bert. We're delighted to have you with us. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here, and, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've had a, lot, a good time chatting uh, before we went live with this, so um, hopefully we, we won't miss anything that we talked about. It'll be really good. Um, so let's go ahead and just kind of dive in here. I want to talk about your book, first of all, uh, Dominating Your Mind. Um, and in that book, you have 10 simple strategies that, uh, that crush your fears, destroy your doubts, and make you unstoppable. And so I'd like to just charge right after this, and let's talk about what you think are maybe the top five. This will leave everybody wanting to go and get your book and find out the other five. But, um, you know, this is something near and dear to my heart because I am all about movement. I'm all about taking action and propelling and momentum and, uh, you know, making, making things happen and nothing is going to stop me. And I'm also about passion and understanding that, that the only thing that, the only thing, but one of the things that drives everyone is having that passion. So right. why don't, maybe you can set the tone for this and how you started with um, the book, and then we can dive into some things that might help our um, listeners as loan officers be able to uh, make them un unstoppable. Sure, sure. Well, what happened, uh, this, uh, this occurred uh, when I was uh, consulting for a, a company, and, and, uh, this goes back a few years, and, and so uh, they had three sales teams, and so they uh, they did not want me working with or touching the first or the second sales team because those guys were the top producers. What they wanted me to work with was the uh, the team that was lagging way behind, and uh, what do you call it? And so the the vice president was very skeptical that these guys could be turned around. And I interviewed uh, this team as approximately uh, seven or eight people, and I interviewed them, and, and they all had the desire to do well. And this was uh, primarily most of these people were, were, were new to the sales industry. Uh, I want to say 80% of them were, were, uh, uh, were moms, and some of them were single moms. But, uh, and then we had a couple of, uh, 
of hungry uh, young men in the in this group. And so the 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 thing that I picked up on was that they really lacked self belief. They really were uh, they they were sort of ignored because again they 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 were the third sales team. Anyway, bottom line is uh, I came up uh, with uh, some affirmations, if you will, uh, some some personal strategies. Uh, you know, some some people may call them incantations, and and we actually came up with this as a group because I wanted their buy-in, and we talked about you know uh, we we looked at what are the things that makes a a top sales professional or a top you know uh, yeah let's say in this case a top sales professional because that's what I was working with. And so we went through that, and and so we, you know, one of those things was uh, overcoming rejection and overcoming obstacles. And, and so one of the one of these strategies that we put together is is uh, I'm stronger than any obstacle or rejection. And and so every morning we would get in into the sales meeting and we would go over these these strategies, these incantations, and we really got into uh, what they meant, Jennifer. It wasn't just enough to say them, but we had to believe them. We had to say them a certain way, and and they really uh, started to transform the team. So uh, within um, uh, six months, the team went from the third, uh, the the team in third place to now they had surpassed the second place team, and and then within within nine months they had surpassed the uh, first place team and they had become the first place team. We uh, we broke all the sales records of the company. We set new sales standards, and all of it based on dominating our mind, our ability to come over, overcome our fears, our ability to uh, to just master ourselves. And from that, uh, I you know I, I took that. I did it again with uh, with CBS. Uh, uh, There's a, a, a CBS station there. And this again is in Houston, Texas. Uh, did it with them. We had the exact same kind of explosive results. Uh, we were able to uh, 10x this uh, the sales team at CBS, and um, and from there uh, I was asked by uh, the vice president uh, to to start you know to do a uh, a couple of interviews and, and talk about what we had done. And so, dominating your mind, uh, the book is is. Uh, what actually happened, what took place during these, uh, during these uh, two consulting uh, jobs. And I've used it multiple times. And then from interviewing certain uh, celebrities uh, in, uh, uh, through Money for Lunch, I found that this was uh, uh, kind of a recurring thing that uh, people like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has uh, these mantras or these incantations that he uses, uh, that he has used and continues to use to manifest his goals. That's awesome. And and we were just talking about him too on The Apprentice, you know, and he mentioned that very same thing um, last week on The Apprentice is that never give up, never just stop and be satisfied. Um, okay, so let's dig into five of them. Five, okay. five strategies that you think would be beneficial to a loan officer who is a salesperson. You know, sure, sure. Well, so, so you know, the, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, I will uh, start with um, having, you know, you have to have a, you know, uh, the belief that, well, you have to have self-belief. That's the number one thing. It's the number one thing that, 
that I learned from uh, people like, uh, again, Schwarzenegger, Steve Forbes. Um, and so uh, one of the case studies that I use in the book is a young lady named Stephanie Myers, who did not believe in herself at first. She, she had written a book, and, and she wrote it basically for herself. She had written this love story. And her sister, uh, she shared it with her sister, and her sister said, this is wonderful, you have to publish this book. And she said, no, you know, nobody's going to want to read it, and, and I don't want to be rejected, and, and all this other stuff. And, and so Stephanie uh, did not publish the book, and, and uh, finally, after several years of arm twisting, she relented, and she allowed the book to be, uh, uh, to, what do you call it, uh, she allowed uh, her sister to try to get the book published. And so the book ended up getting published. It became a New York Times bestseller. And then from there, it became a series of movies. And most people know Stephanie's work as the Twilight series. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So, but, you know, and so this is a a great example of self-belief or what happens when you don't believe in yourself. And so if she would not, you know, if she would have kept to herself this this, uh, great work, for lack of better terms, you know, it, then nobody would have heard it, right? Not a, the movies would not have been made, and she's gone on to write another book or several other books that, that also one of them became a movie as well called The Host. And, and my point being is, you know, luckily Stephanie had a sister who had who really thought her work was fantastic and believed in her when she didn't. And so the first strategy is you have to have this ridiculous, this high level of self-belief. And you have to believe, um, you know, that, uh, that you can do these things. And, 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 and so I, um, I start off my day, if you will, um, with, with, again, incantations. Some people call them mantras. Some people call them affirmations. But you got to start off believing in yourself. And so I have the ability to reach my goals, if you will. I have the ability, you know, I believe in myself, you know, despite the circumstances. So these strategies start automatically will, will pump you up, will make you feel better and will, will naturally motivate you uh, to to, to try harder. And so if you're a loan officer and maybe you're a loan officer and, Sometimes you cannot see how things are going to unfold. It starts with believing in yourself, and you don't have to see every, you know, you don't have to see everything unfold before you, but you just have to see the next step. And you take that next step, and you take that next step, and you ne- take that next step, and then eventually things will unfold. So having this, this self-belief is the first step into accomplishing anything. And so if you're a loan officer today, sooner, you know, at one point, there might have been a little bit of a conversation whether or not you could make it as a loan officer. You know, there is uh, in in some states that's a that is a state licensed um, requirement, and you have to take uh, you have to take a test and all that other stuff. And, and a lot of people don't make it. But if you're a loan officer today, congratulations, you had enough self belief and enough tenacity to become a loan officer. And so you got to take that forward and. There's no such thing, in my opinion, <coughs> excuse me, I apologize. There's no such thing as a goal too big. And we've seen people who come to this country with no English and no money, 
and they accomplish some really big goals. And then we, you know, like you and I talked before the show, we see people who are born here. Uh, they have uh, great parents. They've had a, a lovely childhood. They, they're well connected. Uh, their parents have money and they can't manage their way out of a paper bag. And that is because of lack of self-belief. Yeah, um, you know, it's, uh, so I wanted to make a comment about a couple things um, that you had to say about that. Um, so when we go back to the person who wrote, you know, the Twilight series, and you think about a loan officer too, if you're lacking self-belief, uh, your own self-belief, is it, do you suggest, is it beneficial that we seek out people around us to help guide us to start that. So if you're not able to take that first baby step by yourself, in, in her case she didn't, but her sister believes so much, if, if we have someone that's listening who, who kind of feels that way and says, you know, what do I have to contribute? I'm just a loan officer. They have that right. or they have these limiting beliefs. Is your recommendation to seek out colleagues? I've done this before, and this is why I'm asking, and I, but I don't know the answer, okay? But I have done this before. I've asked uh, people to see, you know, I've done an email to a handful of close colleagues and said, you know, when you think of me, give me one or two words that makes you think of me and maybe, maybe just a short sentence on, on what I push out in the market because I wanted to make sure that what I was, I thought I was delivering was being received that way. Okay. And right. so it was, it was a validation process for me. Um, and it was also an aha moment, you know, and somewhat humbling because people said things that I didn't think that they would, that was happening and I was unaware that I was making that much of an impact um, and that helped me. So what are your thoughts on, on getting started with these baby steps? Um, you know, and, and I agree the first step that you said is, Hey, you passed the test when other people can't. Right. What's next? You know, how do I really delve into that? So, so I, I, first of all, I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, I mean, a fantastic question. So, one of the things, one of the exercises of the book is to go back and see some of the amazing accomplishments that you have been able to accomplish. One of the uh, tricks uh, that keep us uh, from breaking out of our shell is that we do not pat ourselves on the back enough. For example, uh, Stephanie Myers with her book is an example uh, some a loan officer may, may may be listening and saying, well, you know, anybody can pass the uh, anybody can become a loan officer. Well, that's not true, and 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 so what happens is we will look at our gifts, Jennifer, and we what's the word I'm looking for? We downplay the importance of our gifts. Right. And and so somebody who's naturally a good cook will think to themselves, well, anybody can do what I do. Well, that's not true. You and I both know that becoming a gifted cook is not an easy thing. A gifted loan officer is not an easy thing. Um, you know, so, so the first thing you have to do is you gotta, you gotta take inventory of some of the things that you've accomplished and maybe look at these things with wild eye amazement. Yeah. You have to look at them and say, you know what, I was, you know, I, I was able to complete my my uh, certification uh, on time. I was able to pass uh, uh, what do you call it? My certification the first time around. Uh, you know, I've been in business for ten years. Not everybody can say those things. Right. The, so, so you have to take inventory of some of the things that you have accomplished and look at them 
from, again, a almost like a, a non-interested third party, because if your child or your best friend accomplished some of these things, you would probably pat them on the back and say, you know, Jennifer, you did a great job. You, you're doing wonderful things with this podcast. You're doing wonderful things by, you know, by encouraging others and help and, 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 and lifting others. So yes, so you got to take inventory. And number two, absolutely go out to your friends and say, hey, you know, what do you think are some of my strengths? What do you think, you know, when you think of me, what are some of the things that pop in, into your mind? And, um, and I think that's not a bad idea to get some of that, to get some of that uh, from, a, oh, well, again, you from know, your... Yeah, take some guts go, because you're, you're not sure guts. what's going to happen, you know, and I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm putting myself out there. <laughs> and, I, right. and I said, I want honest feedback, and, it, and it's okay because it's going to be, it's going to make me better, so tell me what you're going to tell me, you know. And I right. did get one person who did that, who said, you know, the one thing is I don't ever feel like you're present. When you're with me, I feel like, you know, you're always busy. You, you know, barely have enough time to when we do make an appointment. And I thought, okay, I'm going to change that. I'm going to make sure I'm present. Everything's yeah. going to be shut down and I'm here with you. And that cha- I changed it for that person, but then it changed me. And so I changed it for everybody, you know. Absolutely. And I think, so I think that's absolutely wonderful. So, you know, this gets down to, um, you know, daily, uh, you know, like you're saying affirmations, which I do, but also without harping into it, but just to piggyback on your, you know, don't downplay your gifts, make sure that you're writing down your gratitudes. You know, I write down three gratitudes a day and sometimes I can't think of them and and I know I'm late, I'm latent with them, right? But it's, it's hard for us as humans to find the good in what we're doing every day or what we see every day. We're always looking for the bad. And so, you know, sometimes I only write down two and I go, I can't think of anything else that I'm grateful for. I don't want to write down health again. I don't want to write down that I have my house, you know. So it's right. really challenging to do that, but it takes you out of your comfort zone. So, okay, so let's move on to the second one. What, what else well, can, can, can we do? Okay, so real quick, I want to finish. So, so yep. the other thing, yep. by the way, to, to building up your self-belief, if, if kind of what you were saying earlier, you know, uh, you know, find mentors. So there are tons of mentors out there. Uh, you know, they're in audio books and books and in Kindles, however you read. I think it's, you know, uh, I think it's very important for you to get around other people that have, that have accomplished things that seemed out of their reach. There's tons of stories out there of people who, you know, who were alcoholics and homeless who turned their life around, Ogmandino. Uh, there's tons of people out there who uh, again, uh, so so invest in books or audio books, however it, however it is you like to uh, to uh, disseminate that information and learn about some of these people that accomplish something from nothing and how they turned around their self belief. So uh, so anyway, I just wanted to finish with that. Yeah, thank um, you. Thank you. Uh, so so again, uh, number one is I believe in myself, <clears throat> and I apologize because I'm fighting a. Um, Getting over Everybody this cold. Everybody in the world is right now, just so you know. <laughs> Everybody, that's right. And then uh, the the second strategy, and, and this was a, a really big one, was I refuse to let people or events control me or my attitude. You know, bottom line is, Jennifer, how we feel is way more important than what we know. And I always like to uh, use smokers as a great example because smoking, first of all, I don't. I've never met a smoker who does not know that smoking is bad for them. And, you know, in order to get your body to accept smoke, it has to go through some changes and it's painful. So, um, you know, so my point being to this is that 
people who smoke, they don't smoke because they want to hurt themselves. They want to smoke because they want to feel more sophisticated. They want to feel more love, more acceptance. They want to be part of the group. They want to feel more grown up. They want to be taken more seriously. And so that's why they smoke. And that is an attitude. So your attitude is so important. So how you feel is more important than what you know. And refusing to let people or events control you is a step in controlling how you feel all the time. So, for example, if you feel run down and low in energy, chances are you're not going to want to pick up the phone and make the phone calls that you have to make. You're not going to, uh, you're not going to be able to uh, be resolute in your commitments. Re- uh, rejection is going to hit you harder. Uh, as opposed to when you are upbeat and you're feeling confident and you're feeling unstoppable, then picking up the phone is not a problem. Getting rejected is not a problem because those things do not control your attitude. And because you feel powerful and you know, hey, you know what, I am able to do this. I, I'm, I'm going. To, I refuse to let people or, or events control me or my attitude. Then those little bumps in the road, the guy cutting you off in traffic. The fact that somebody's not returning your call doesn't bother you. You don't, take things, you don't take things personally. And what's interesting about this is that when we don't take things personally, then we constantly feel better. The better we feel, the more productive we are. And it's just this beautiful cycle. And so if you can work on your attitude, and these things sound real simple, but they're not easy but if you can work on your attitude and you feel good all the time without, you know, outside uh, uh, sources, um, then you accomplish a lot more. You, you, you know, your day goes a lot easier. Uh, you don't get down in the dumps as often. Uh, so uh, refusing to let people or events control me or my attitude, this is uh, an affirmation or a strategy that, that will uh, what do you call it, uh, take your heaviest day and make it lighter. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I want to emphasize that how we feel is more important than what we know. And this goes back to having that self-belief because we know that we, you know, that, um, that uh, let's say we feel that we can accomplish this big goal or this big dream, but we don't necessarily know how we're going to get there. And this attitude thing is the way to get there. It makes life so much easier. Like it's the bridge to it, you know. The, the attitude yeah. is is the bridge to, you know, the how, the how yes. to get things done. Yeah, I wanted to comment on a couple things like that. Um, is that as well? Um, and I've addressed this uh, several times in in several of the podcasts. You know, is that I'm a firm believer in time blocking, although I call it um, something different. Uh, but uh, you know, when you're time blocking and when you make that first phone call and you get a nice positive response from a client and you should, you know, start off with the first phone calls, call your best friend so that you get that good, warm, fuzzy feeling, right? And when that happens, you start elevating your, your attitude so that you can make those phone calls. If you make your first phone call to the toughest realtor to try to crack that nut and have them work with you, you, you're, you may feel defeated. So, you know, once you're in, so once you have that first phone call, let the momentum grow and continue to make those phone calls because you'll have the, um, you'll have the confidence and you'll have the um, attitude. And, you know, you can, you can tell someone's attitude through, through the phone very easily. And I call yes. it, I call it, you know, it's an inside job. That's what I call it. It's an inside job. Yes. Um, 
and so for, if you are listening and you only have one or two loans, you also know this too, because if you only have one or two loans in process, every loan is important. When you yeah. have, and you made this comment, you know, but um, when you have several loans in process, it's easier to say no. It's easier to let one go. And if someone decides that their rate, you know, the rate's better someplace down the road, you're not so defeated. It doesn't take you down. Um, so the key is, you know, creating this attitude to develop more business, but then while you're in the business, this, this um, positive self-belief and um, inside job of strong attitude will help you perpetuate and continue to grow that even if you have little losses. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Look, I'll give you a, a story, and this is how I developed my relationship with Arnold Schwarzenegger, by the way. Well, uh, this, again, uh, this goes back uh, many, many, many years ago. I want to say uh, uh, 25, 30 years ago. Um, there was a company called uh, uh, Carolco, and uh, uh, Carolco was uh, a, a boutique uh, movie company, um, and they had produced the original Terminator movie. They had produced Basic Instinct. They had produced a bunch of blockbuster hits, but they had... They were uh, on the New York Times Exchange, uh, and then they had gotten delisted because they had gotten financial problems. And they were, you know, I was very interested in taking over uh, this company. And so I flew out to L.A., and I met with the, uh, the team of, of Carol Co. I looked at their books. I saw what they were doing. And, I, and this is, uh, it dawned on me that, man, if I had Schwarzenegger on my side, at this point in, in his career, uh, he is uh, – probably the top action hero at the time, right? right? And so I thought, if I could get him on my side, I don't need his money, but just getting him on my side would be a, a big deal. You're right. It would be great for publicity. It would be a, a, a feather in my cap, so to speak. I could attract more investors. And so uh, the problem is, at this point, is that he doesn't know me. I have no connection. And uh, so I did the only thing I could do. And again, this is, uh, like I said, approximately 30 years ago and, um, there was no LinkedIn, there's no social media. And so the only thing I could do back then is I started asking everybody, Hey, do you know how I can get a hold of Arnold Schwarzenegger? Do you know how I can get a hold of Arnold Schwarzenegger? And I would ask servers at the restaurant, uh, the shoe shine guy, uh, anybody that was you know, that I came into contact, I would ask them this, this somewhat ridiculous question, this, this, uh, this, uh, anyway, so, so, uh, uh, this, uh, outrageous question. And, and on the way to a movie, I was taking a, a, a client of mine and his wife out to the movies. He's a printer by trade. She's a stay home mom. I asked him the same question. He said, no, no connection, no idea. And she said, yes, I'll know when he's, I'll, I even know when he's going to be in town. And I said, oh, that's, that's wild. How do you know this? And she explained that he was coming into town to, to give uh, Senator Hatch a, uh, an award and that she had found out through the, the manager at GNC. She connected me with the manager at GNC. The manager at GNC connected me with the people putting on the awards uh, banquet. I got myself invited and I was able to pitch uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, at this uh, award show. He, he, uh, and, and as things worked out, we were in the back room. We were in the green room. Everybody had left the green room, and the only two people left was me and Mr. Schwarzenegger. And so I took, it, you know, I took this chance, and I, and, and I pitched him the deal. 
My point being is, is that if you're a loan officer and you don't think you have the resources, as long as you have the right attitude, you refuse to let people or events control you, then you can get things done. <clears throat> and it's not about who you know or who knows you. You can make things happen. So if you're a loan officer and you have a stack of business cards, when you go out and about, all you have to do is say, hey, you probably don't need a loan today, but here's my card for the future. Or please share this with a friend. Or do you know anybody who might need a loan? And before you know it, you're going to start building up your, your contact list and you're going to start building up uh, your connections. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so wow, we're having some fun here, and uh, we're getting close to being out of time. So let's uh, let's just talk about one more um, that you uh, would like to talk. You know, one more strategy that you think. Uh, so, so, so this is I think is ultimately the the most important one. It ties in everything else, and that is I have the ability to reach my goals. First of all. Uh, the importance of this strategy is that it, you know, when you're saying these things out loud, when you're saying them to yourself, if you, if you don't have any written goals and you say something like, I have the ability to reach my goals, you're going to feel that twinge that is going to either confirm you're telling the truth or confirm you're a liar. Right. Or in my fear, point being, or put fear in you. Yeah. yeah. Put yeah. fear in you. So, so if you don't have any written goals, by by saying this statement, by affirming this this statement, then then you have to have them. You have to you have to have written goals. Nothing happens without written goals. Again, this is a very simple strategy, mm-hmm. but believe it or not, it's not very easy. Uh, most people don't write down their goals, and one of the ways to make sure that your goals come true is that you have to look at them every day. I read my goals every day or almost every day, and I write them down over and over again. Why? Because, you know, if you believe in the law of attraction, you know that anytime that you get excited and, and you get emotional and you start writing down your stuff, that's a, it, it, it tends to create or manifest those goals faster. Having written goals works. And so I've had the pleasure of, again, I've interviewed and hung around people like Evander Holyfield, Steve Forbes, Grant Cardone, um, Hugh Jackman, uh, you know, uh, Tom Arnold, Jason Statham, uh, and, and all of these guys, when I talk to them about their philosophy on success, all of them have written goals, and they believe in writing goals down. And, and so, so these are some of the biggest names in the industry or, or in, in, in an industry, and Yet they are already successful, and they all and they continue to write down their goals, and uh, and make things happen. So I have the ability to write, to reach my goals is a strategy that forces you to have goals, forces you to write them down, and forces you to think about them on a regular basis. So every morning, if you were to wake up and just simply say, "I have the ability to reach my goals," it's going to make you focus on the goals that you've ta- that you've written down. And yeah, yeah, by affirming, yeah, you have to say. So, what were those? <laughs> yeah, you have to yeah, say right. that. Exactly, you have to go through that. Yeah. And the um, uh, the thing here to keep in mind for somebody who's saying, "Well, this sounds so ridiculous or so simple," we all, as humans, have this constant self-talk every day. You're stuck in traffic. You're either saying something positive or something negative. 
People are constantly talking about themselves to themselves. And again, the people who can talk to themselves in a positive, encouraging, uplifting way accomplish more. That is a proven scientific fact. People who are negative and who abuse themselves, who allow their mind to dominate them with negativity, accomplish very little, are bitter, they're cynical, they tend to have uh, problems with relationships, they have problems with money, they have problems with health, they they generally are not doing well. So call it self-talk. Whatever you call it, this is something that happens naturally And the difference between somebody who's successful and somebody who's struggling is that the person who's successful has dominated that self-talk, has dominated their mind, and is taking steps to, to, uh, what do you call it, rein in that conversation, to dominate that conversation, as opposed to the unsuccessful person, the unsuccessful loan officer, real estate agent, uh, mortgage broker, has allowed his mind to dominate him with negativity. And that's my experience from interviewing literally hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, and I, I would totally agree because I see it I see it all the time. And it's you know, and it's hard uh, also, you know, when you're when you're an entrepreneur and you're bringing in people that turn out to be that way. You know, the interview process is well, you're supposed to you're supposed to be slow to hire and fast to fire, right? And and right. generally we try to do that and we use disk profiling and we use fascination advantage and we use the four tendencies and we use a lot of different techniques to assess personality styles and things like that. But sometimes they aren't that way. And sometimes they get that way. That's part of it too. So as a manager, it's really important for you to be looking at that in other people too, to see if you can pull that out. Just like um Oh, I don't want to call her Anne Rice because it's vampire movies, right? <laughs> uh, just like her sister did. She saw that yeah, and pulled Steph that, and pulled that yeah. out of her. You know? And so I think that you know, if we're serving other people and we're trying to create a good atmosphere around us, we want to be noticing that in other people too. And when you, when you see that, there's a commercial out like that. When you see good deeds being done and you, you see people doing uh, good things for other people to help them grow, uh, you feel better too and you start doing that for yourself and for others as well. And and I think that's, you know, extremely important. Um, okay, so as we wind up here, uh, one of the last things that we want to talk about, and we only have just a few minutes to do this, is talking about the comfort zone. So can, can you leave us with something about the comfort zone being, and, and I lost my piece of paper for some reason, uh, being the, oh, here it is, comfort zone being the silent killer of dreams and lives. Yes. I know yes. a lot of people who love the comfort zone. Yes. And, and you know what? The reality is we all do. And, and I think that uh, uh, it's, it's one thing when, when you're at one level, let's say you're starting off and you're really, you know, you're pushing towards these goals that you have and you want, you know, you want the family and you want the business and you want the success. That's one thing. Now that you've achieved those things, it's, it's a different, it's a really a different uh I would call it uh, individual uh, uh, who wants to push out of that. And so I have a saying that, uh, and, and I used to say this uh, before Donald Trump became president, so it has nothing to do with, uh, with uh, our current president. But whether you're Donald Duck or Donald Trump, you're constantly pushing against your comfort zone because as humans, we want to protect ourselves. It's, it's a natural thing. We don't want to be hurt. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to... Um, 
work too hard. It's just natural. And so we have to overcome our natural selves and push ourselves out there a little bit. And I'll give you an example. As a business owner, I fell into a trap where, you know, my life was content. I, I have employees. Life is going great. And I have not attended a networking function or even a live event. Unless I was a paid speaker, I wouldn't go out to meet anyone. Just didn't need to. And I looked at that, and I realized, quite frankly, that I had done that because uh, it was comfortable or uncomfortable for me to go out there and meet people. Uh, and, and people say, well, that doesn't make sense. You do a radio show. But that's different. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, uh-huh. and, and, and so anyway, so I started uh, last year, I started pushing myself to go out there and meet people, make new acquaintances, and, and get out there. And so if we do not take inventory and, and be careful, uh, and, and we could have a comfort zone with our spouse. My wife and I have been married for 30 years. And so uh, a perfect example, my wife and I, on a routine basis, almost every week, we go out to dinner and we go out to a movie. That is our comfort zone dating ritual. Well, I, I said to my wife uh, we got to stop this. Uh, we cannot, uh, you know, continue this way because we're not growing our relationship. So we started now going out to dinner with uh, another couple, uh, and and sometimes we don't make it to the movie because the the dinner is entertainment in itself, right? And so we can get comfortable again in our marriage, and then you watch uh, our marriage will fall apart uh, if we're not too careful. We can get complacent or comfortable with our health, and all of a sudden we start to gain weight back. We can get comfortable with our money, and all of a sudden our investments go awry. So what I discovered is this, uh, Jennifer, that any area that you're struggling in is probably an area that you're comfortable with. So if you're struggling with your marriage, it's because you've been comfortable for so long, you've taken it for granted, you haven't done anything, and therefore, now it's in, pro, it's in, it's in uh, crisis mode. The same thing with your business. The same thing with your health. The same thing with, uh, you know, fill in the blank. So if you're struggling in an area, it's probably because you're not willing to break out of the comfort zone, make the phone calls that you need to make, uh, be the, the romantic person that you need to be. Um, that you were at one point. That, right? that you were. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's and revisiting so, what you already know. Yeah. Exactly. And, and so, uh, you know, uh, if you have children, uh, you know, uh, children are, are very, uh, what do you call it, uh, again, it's, it's an easy thing for us as parents to take our children for granted until something terrible happens. Uh, we had a situation just a few months ago where our, uh, our daughters went out on a uh, trip and they were uh, – uh, rock climbing, they were scaling, they were, I forgot what the actual term is, but they're scaling down a wall with a rope. And they had the experts to show them how and everything. And it was really safe, as safe as you can be, with at the same time being very dangerous. And so um, there's, a couple of, there's a couple of stories here. The first story is my daughters uh, were both excited and afraid of doing this challenging thing. And sometimes as adults, we let our fears keep us in the comfort zone. So our daughters had a wonderful time. They were excited to talk to us about it. On the ride home, 
one of the cars, one of the drivers in the car fell asleep and the the car went off the road uh, and a death, a death occurred. Uh, one of the girls in, the, in this thing uh, died. My point being is today we do not know what's going to happen. We do not know how much time we have. Our comfort zone um, will stop us sometimes from from saying our goodbyes the way we should say our goodbyes and saying our hellos how we should say our, uh, our hellos. If you have a dog, a dog is a great way. They're so excited to see you. I learned a lot from our little dog. Every time we come home, they're excited to see us. That is the perfect way we should greet ourselves. But it takes us out of our comfort zone to make a big deal about it. It's kind of weird, not only to do it, but also to receive that kind of love. And, and so, uh, so back to the comfort zone being a, a, the silent killer of dreams and lives, I totally believe that any area that you're struggling in right now is because you are afraid to break out of the comfort zone to correct that area of struggle. Maybe it's, a making, it's making cold calls. Maybe it's marketing. Maybe it's being the romantic that you used to be. Maybe you need help. You need a coach to help you with your marketing or with your romance or with your children or with whatever you're struggling with. Coaches are a great way to, to get that, uh, that uh, the thousand mile view to get you out of your comfort zone. It's, it's a, I, I love using a coach. Anytime I get stuck, I will try to find somebody to help me. Sometimes it's a real coach that I pay money to. Sometimes it's somebody who's doing it better than I am, and I can, I can pick their brain, and they uh, mentor me or coach me for you know, a, a few minutes. But bottom line is, that is the, uh, the difference between somebody who is complacent and who will start to struggle versus somebody who's constantly enjoying a new level of life as they're constantly doing something a little bit different, setting a little goal, and just going to the next level. And I also want to say this about comfort zones. They're, not, uh, they're an illusion because you don't stand still. You're either moving forward against the comfort zone or you're falling farther and further behind. And an example of this is a great example of this is Blockbuster. They were, I interviewed the CEO of Blockbuster, and when they uh, had a chance to buy out Netflix, they said, no, we're Blockbuster. We're the biggest company out there. We're never going to fail. They had a second chance to do business with Netflix. They said, no, we're going to do our own thing. From the first time that they rejected Netflix, uh, for, yeah, from the time they rejected Netflix, the first meeting, 10 years later, they filed bankruptcy because they were so committed to their comfort zone. They did not want to break the mold, and they faded away in history. So that is the extreme example of what can happen to your life, your business, your marriage, your health. So there is no, you can't stand still. You're either moving forward or you're, or you're fading back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah. And I think I, um, I think everything that you said, I, everything's perfect. And I, I'm actually coaching a loan officer right now who is panicked because he has no loans in his pipeline. And, um, what he wants to do is buy more leads. So if you have no money coming in, he wants to spend more money to buy leads that he's told me don't work anyway. Ah. And yet I'm saying, well, how many, how many calls have you made to realtors? How many calls? Well, I don't feel comfortable making calls. I don't feel comfortable. And I said, well, then I, I don't know what else to tell you. You know, if you're not willing to make, let's make one call. 
let's just start slow and make one call. If you're not willing to make any calls to start creating some relationships, then um, you're not going to have any business until the next refi boom comes around, and then you're going to make a bunch of money, and then you're going to be right back in the same same place again. And so what we need to do is be on multitude of treadmills at the same time. Some are running a little slower. Some are running. You're running on them. Some are some yes. are uh, that you're walking on them. Some of the, are at a high incline but slow pace because it's more of a challenge for you. But they're all moving instead of having them all sitting there doing nothing, not even plugged in. Right. <laughs> so, right. Right. So I think that's really important for people to hear is, you know, to get out of that comfort zone. And we, you know, I, there, I, I've got to learn this phrase, but perfect practice is perfect something. I can't think what it is. You know, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Right. Yes. While it's slow, practice with other people, practice making phone calls practice getting out of your comfort zone and making those calls to even to colleagues, even to the, somebody next door, even not your spouse, but you know, a brother, sister, if that's how bad it is for you, then make, start making those phone calls with people that you know to practice, but do it perfectly, retry it, start over again so that you, by the time you feel really comfortable with it, it's perfect, perfectly done as opposed yes. to, you know, not doing it. So, um, well, gosh, it, thank you. I wish we could have more time, and I may have to have you back on because we may have to get through more things <laughs> to talk about them. And you're right; these are simple things. We all know this, but it's taking that action. And I think, um, you know, you, the fact that your book um, being called about mindset is critical. That's the key here: is having uh, dominating your mind, not just having the mindset, but saying, "Uh-uh, you're not going to say that." You're going to say this. I'm going to tell you what, what we're going to do um, instead yes. of letting your mind, you know, guide you into fear and all these other other places. So um, is there anything that you'd uh, like to leave with us um, as we close out the podcast? You know what? The only thing I would say and is that uh, there are ways of getting us out of our comfort zones. For example, I'll use the, uh, the, the telemarketing uh, reference that you made there. So if you're just deathly afraid of making that call, then hire somebody that can get you that call, that, that is right. willing to make that call for you, and then connect you when the person says, yes, I would like to talk to a loan officer or a mortgage, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, a loan person, and, and that way it's going to bridge that gap. So sometimes we do have to uh, find, again, I mentioned a coach or some way of getting ourselves out of that comfort zone. So I want to leave you with this final thought, is, and that is this. We were created to succeed. You specifically were created to succeed. You were not put on this planet to be miserable. You were not put on this planet to fail. You were not put on this planet uh, to um, just pay your bills and die. These are uh, just some of the things that we all must do, but certainly not the thing that you were put on this planet to do. You were put on this planet to be abundant, and that's different for everybody. You were put on this planet to be successful, and yes, that's different for everybody. And, and that includes having good health, good relationships, good money, and a good business. All of that thing, I think, is, uh, is uh, you know, within your grasp. But in just bottom line is you were created to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Darren Hardy is a coach of mine, and, uh, you know, he says, um, God didn't make you to be good. He made you to be great. 
And it's on a mug I love that. that I drink every morning. <laughs> Look at that. Go, there you go. I'm not supposed to be good. I'm supposed to be great. So that means I've got to, you know, pump it up just a little bit. And if you've ever, um, you know, listened to the simple, tr- simple truths, you know, about 212 degrees, water is very, very hot at 211 degrees, but it boils at 212. And the difference is one degree. And yeah. and so if I can think of that every day as just what's that one extra thing I could do, that one extra phone call, that one extra note, that one extra drop by, that one extra push up, right? It's always saying yeah. that, you know, what can I do to just take that one little step to make ourselves great? So thank you so much, um, Bert, for your time today. Uh, again, I want to let everybody, remind everybody to go to dominatingyourmind.com um, and you can pick up his book there. Um, if you'd like to listen to him on his radio show, he's um, on Money for Lunch. He talks to everybody about everything that has to do with money and success. Um, and I'm sure that you will learn from that as well. So I appreciate you taking the time to be on this podcast, and we will catch you all next time. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates, transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.